Welcome to House of Palastri. If your name is Oksana and you enjoy throwing dung across an open paddock, you've come to the right place. With me, co-hosting the podcast, is none other than Alyssa. We are thrilled to have you with us as we discuss Reverend Villanelle, look at my blonde wig, Eve Palastri, and everything in between throughout Killing Eve Season 4. Hello and welcome to House of Palastri for the second week in a row where both me and my co-host are like, what the fuck? (laughs) Um, My name is Alyssa and yes, as always, I am joined by Francis on the other end of the Zoom call. (laughs) On the Zoom call, I can't talk today. Francis, how are you doing today? I really like your plaid shirt, by the way. It's nice. Oh, thank you. Can you see it in the darkness? Oh, wow. I did it deliberately. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, I I just I want to introduce because considering we have reached the end, I just want to I want to introduce uh, my my co-host in a in a in a in a really nice way. She is oh <clears throat> she is <clears throat> <laughs> the machete to my Ashley Olsen walking in the woods. She <laughs> she is my chaos magic to my Scarlet Witch. She is. My Eve to my palestry. (laughs) (laughs) My villa to my Nell. She is Alyssa. Oh wow, that was that was really something, Francis. Oh, thank you. And if you hadn't guessed today, the theatrics are on. They are happening. The theatrics um, are on. They're on their way. Um, yes. In in this podcast. So okay. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna do one for you later this episode. I'm gonna. Okay. I'm, I need. I need a few minutes to think, and then I'll. All right. I'll, yeah, I'll jump in. <laughs> that was a very nice intro, Francis. Thank you. Yes, the theatrics are on. Um, we are clowning along here. Yeah. Um, toot toot. <laughs> yeah, toot toot. I do feel like I am like more angry. Oh, really? Two weeks later. Yeah. Uh, I'm very annoyed. Um, I'm less Have heartbroken. Have you found that the sadness has washed off and it's moved into like a new... It's like, it's it's like a... the, the stages of grief and you've hit like... Absolutely. The anger stage. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, so the, 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 the sadness has worn off and now I am... I'm in that weird like place where I'm angry but I also find it very um, funny because Killing Eve is getting slaughtered mm-hmm. <laughs> by critics everywhere and there's a sick sense of a sick sense sense in me deep inside that is a little bit happy about it yeah yeah Which and it's is one sad of... but it's deserved you know? it is. and I think that we there's no part of us if Killing Eve was any good this season. <laughs> I know. Where we would have been like, oh, great, it's getting, re- you know, review bombed, like, you know. Um, yeah. But realistically, where we are, yeah. reviews deserve to be scathing. They, they deserve do. to receive scathing reviews. And they are scathing. They are. They are yep. indeed. I have not seen one positive review yet. And no. the I had a look at the IMDb um score and it's like i think it's 2.7 or something like that Uh, for the final episode and it's it's tomato meter is 25 percent rotten whoa that's i know that's low and there are some like real shit movies out there that are yes a higher range yeah Yeah, fuck 
Yeah, it and must be really. the silence is deafening. Yes, from Killing Eve, there has been absolutely nothing said whatsoever. Ugh, which is very interesting. Yeah, and you've got Jody out there doing prima facie, and like, oh my god, Elizabeth Olsen was there. <laughs> My girl, Lizzie Olsen. And uh, can I just say, it was, it was a grand uh, uh, reveal today when you sent that to me because I was very, very happy. I am a... They were, the fandoms were merging. They, they were. were colliding. They collided. And, and Mel, I'm convinced that they are best friends. Yes. I, I co-sign on that. Uh, yes. I like <laughs> um, And yes, there was like a few fans posted that they like caught up with um, Lizzie Olsen and Lizzie has not seen season four of Killing yes, Eve, and, but uh, she loves Killing Eve, and everyone's like, "Don't watch yeah. the final season, then, <laughs> please." Uh, keep Lizzie Olsen away from season four, uh, or you know, if she wants yeah. to watch it, she can. But uh, warning, warning, SOS, warning, uh, <laughs> alarm, 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 alarm. <laughs> Proceed with save control. yourself, Lizzie. Get out, get out while you can, Lizzie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, definitely. God. Yeah. And like talking about Jodie's West End debut, all of the feedback is just absolutely magnificent, which is completely unsurprising, of mm-hmm. course. And I really want to see that show. And um it is actually being broadcast in cinemas um across oh, really? the world. Yeah, oh. I don't know what date it is, but it's being shown in Australia. And so I really want to go see it in cinemas because it's meant to be, well, it's a really important topic. Obviously, it's about sexual assault and rape. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm sure it will be very, very hard to watch, but I can imagine it will be um, ama- an amazing show. Yes. And very cool that Jodie felt, uh, fought so hard to um, be part of it. Yeah. And gave up a major role in a Ridley, Ridley Scott film. Oh, did she? I didn't even know that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, she did. There yep. you go. Well, good on yep. you, Jodie, for yes. doing this in the midst of this absolute storm of chaos that was happening uh, with the show. I think I'm hoping that that gives her, if she is having issues with this finale and why wouldn't she? I mean, I don't want to speak on behalf of Sandro and Jodie Comer, but they haven't said anything. So I have to, I know. I have to wonder. It's very telling. You know, uh, I'm, I'm glad that, that Jodie's doing something, that she's uh, working on something or she's putting, you know, time into something that she cares about so that it she can have that distraction because I have a feeling if you weren't doing, you know, other work right now, you'd probably be kind of reveling whatever the hell's going on. And similar thing did happen with Game of Thrones. Like, I always remember, I love how Game of Thrones is, like, the go-to but I always remember with Game of Thrones when that was over and just the way that the actors were like hounded for interviews and everyone wanted to know what they thought. And it's just like, you know, if she's doing this, she has an excuse to be like, I'm, yeah. I'm not in this. And, and, you know, it's probably going to be quite a while before they actually do talk about it because, you know, yeah. of contractual I think so too. shit and whatnot. But anyway. Did you see on, I think it's May 7th or May 8th, that it's going to be a Killing Eve panel. Oh, God. Where it's Sally, Laura, and Sandra, and Fiona, and they are going to watch, they're doing a screening of the final episode, and then they're following with a one-hour panel. But it has been pre-recorded, so there's not going to be any... um, So we get to hear all about... We're going to hear Laura doubling down. How it was a scream of relief, Uh, you know, in a a whole new way. Oh my god, honestly. I think, yeah, I, I think as time has gone on, like this past week, I, I I think I started off angry. I started off laughing angry 
And I've gotten to a point now where I think I'm still laughing about it. But I'm also still like, I think the longer that I've sat with it and, you know, we're going to do a mailbag uh, later in this episode. Um, some of the emails that we've gotten uh, have been quite uh, thought-provoking. A lot of the time when you're sitting in your own thoughts, you can have your own thought processes, but when we listen to other people, it allows us to uh, kind of process other other facets, other bits and pieces of what has happened here. And I think that this week has been quite eye-opening for me to read the reviews, to hear other people's thoughts, to to just kind of get a, a bit of an idea of what's happening in other people's heads because I know what's happening in my head, but there are layers to this, like layers um, that hit all directions, you know. Um, it's, it's, it's mental. Uh, and and it's, Yeah, and it's kind of like you said last pod, like there's just so many layers of hurt here. Mm. Like there's not only the barrier you gave, there's what they've done to women there's what they've done to grief mm-hmm. or they've the mockery they've made out of a, a you know a natural human process like grief yeah and just a host of other problems yeah like which is it's yeah has been really eye-opening to hear from um all of the people who wrote in to us so thank you so much for that we really and we'll read some of them out because um it's actually been like it's like a shared collective healing Mm. Um, experience and I think that's why I'm in a better place mentally this week yeah I'm still like I think the overwhelming tone of all of the emails that we received was people are grieving yeah a great show and the decline of a great show and that's that's how I feel so it's been really nice to um yeah to have read some of those feelings and um yeah understand that we're all going through a really similar feeling yeah of sadness and for sure for sure you know and you know fucking sucks yeah it's awful (laughs) and i think at some point like i i do really want to know uh i i i'm curious to know what comes of this i'm curious to know what comes of of the backlash because with game of thrones it's kind of like it was rushed and, mm. and it was never going to be fixed. It was never going to be rectified. It's too big of a show. It takes too long. It's too many actors, too much money, it's too much production. Yep. With Killing Eve, I feel a little bit differently because I'm like, it's one of those shows that I could potentially see them saying, we might fix this. Like, I think there is a possibility, mm. right? Yeah. It's I'm not here saying like, oh, I'm expecting a season five. I'm saying that there is this show was such high quality that it wouldn't surprise me if those conversations are considered or being had at any point. Yeah. Um, thinking about what if you were to take it on again. And it may not be for however many months or years or whatever, but it just has been something that's crossed my mind because it doesn't have the same production budget as you know these other films and shows that would block that. So I don't know. I guess we'll have to see what happens in time. What do you think? Yeah. Um, look, I think, I mean, I think the silence is really interesting mm. um, because they haven't tried to really fix anything. Like no. they haven't tried, they haven't put out any media. Like they haven't, 
I don't. I don't think they've released any behind the scenes or any deleted scenes from this episode. I might be wrong. Yeah. Um, but the silence is really interesting because, like, I don't know. Did Game of Thrones address it when they had this backlash? Maybe they went quiet as well. Uh, no. Game of Thrones were like they were. They weren't quiet, but they were kind of just talking about the ending like it wasn't like they didn't just it wasn't like radio silence this this feels more like it's radio silence. they've just drawn back their actors everyone's drawn back so look end of the day i like i I don't i'm not expecting them to be like oh we're gonna fix this my point is just that it doesn't feel like how game of thrones did where it was like this is the final season. You're not getting any more because it's too fucking hard. It, it feels yeah. more like this was a quality show that has turned into a dumpster fire. Everyone hates it. People are calling it worse than Game of Thrones. Yeah, do, they are. Yeah. Do you want that on your record forever? And if you yeah. don't, what are you going to do? Because uh, my question is, if you don't have the production budget like Game of Thrones... And again, not expecting them to do a season five. But I'm saying if you were desperate enough to clear, to kind of clear the name of Killing Eve and actually fix something that is incredibly hurtful to your audience, you know, maybe, maybe there's a possibility that it could be in consideration. But I don't know. Those are just the thoughts that have crossed my mind this week. Um, Yeah. I'm not getting my hopes up for anything, but it's just, I can't see how anyone can get this level of scathing reviews yeah, and, and it yeah. be hated so much and be compared to something that has destroyed a legacy like Game of Thrones. Game mm. of Thrones has never recovered from that. But, uh, I know! Like they, they are not selling the merchandise that they once did. People yeah. do not rewatch. I We've gone through a pandemic. We're still in it. And I have not rewatched that show. And I used to rewatch it countless times before season eight happened. And no one talks about it. It's just been exactly. like, it's literally just fallen off the cliff of you, like pop culture. You've gone cultural icon to nothing. And I just yeah. wonder if Killing Eve wants that same legacy. And and it's Hopefully not like not. they can't fix it. It's not like they can't. I'm not expecting them to, but it's not like yeah. they can't. So I don't know. It's a really weird time On right that now. same train of thought, Francis, um, I wanted to chat to you about this thing that I saw on the Killing Eve subreddit the other day. It was an anonymous um, message that was sent to this really popular Instagram, but it's like a gossip Instagram. It's called um, Demoy. I think that's how you pronounce it. But so the subject is major backlash from series finale. And the message says, rumor has it this certain TV show that has been receiving major backlash on the news lately because of its controversial series final has executives at the network talking and unhappily trying to find a way to fix the backlash they thought the season would receive an honorable exit like their previous shows but it doesn't seem to be the case the season had major and i do mean major behind the scenes drama while filming and the actors weren't happy at all Mm. so it's anonymous and yeah it could just be a nothing thing but Mm. when i read that i was kind of like this actually makes sense like it like what what other show has finished recently and had a controversial series finale oh and i think also if you if you listen to you know the the interviews prior to the season coming out they were talking about it as if 
like they thought it was going to be really good and like yeah. you know and 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 people were going to receive it well so yeah I you know I mean at the same time I have no idea how anyone would think that that would be the case <laughs> I know. I'm just like, what the fuck? How, how well, can it's you not tell like, that it's shit? Like, it's yeah, just, it's, it's so shit. obvious. <laughs> yeah. Well, even like um, when we watched that variety interview, like the 30 minute yeah. variety interview before the series aired, and like I remember Sally got really emotional, and then you can kind of just see Sandra like nodding like blankly, mm-hmm. and Jody's like trying to, I think, just being nice about it. Yeah. Um, but everyone else is a bit like stoned faced during that moment. And and when I so when I read this, I was kinda like, it does seem all there's drop like what if they fought for their characters and they didn't get their way? And yeah. they were just like, We just have to play what's what's on the script, but it's just like I don't know. I mean the script is obviously like you know Kaylee did a interview um on the podcast yes, i uh, did i read this yeah. yeah and she she said about how the writing process works and how you kind of have to win out um and mm. you know you offer your ideas and whoever you know you kind of at a, in the writer's room you offer your ideas and then you have to see if you if your idea wins type of thing if you, you kind yep. of pitch it and you, you give your reasons you have to fight for it yeah yeah and it just I, I thought it was an interesting thing to kind of reflect on it and I'm sure this is the same in writers rooms like it's not like you know that's anything strange but it's just interesting in the context of what we understand now because Kaylee did write some really beautiful material she did yeah and and you just gotta wonder what the hell won out in some cases yeah. <laughs> when you know oh if, 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 if there were potentially uh better ideas on the table but you know and did you see I mean she didn't say it but like she heavily implied that she would be the season five showrunner if she was going uh, yeah. if they were going to have a season five she would have been the head writer fucking fucking yeah. hell like i know and i would have been i mean the tricky thing is laura wrote some really good season three scenes but for some mm. reason i mean kaylee is queer we know that so yeah. i feel i would have felt safer if we had a season five with her yeah but yeah like look who knows i i personally don't think they're gonna um they're gonna do anything but it could be something even if they released you know with the dvd for series four like if they cut out the last two minutes or they they added in like some a little mini episode or something like that they could do that they've probably got enough footage for it yeah yeah i'd imagine so but it's just at the end of the day look a week's gone by or two weeks have gone by right yeah 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 two weeks yeah two weeks have gone by and you know, nothing's really settled down. And uh, No. It's it's still it's simmering. It's simmering and it's boiling. I think that I heard more shit. Uh kind of that was more balanced, sorry, more balanced stuff for Game of Thrones where you had the odd article that was saying, Oh, it's alright, you just don't get it, right? You know <laughs> Um, which was bullshit, but anyway compared to this this has been just scathing 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 Scathing. angry what the fuck bury your gaze this shit over and over and over and over and over yeah and um yeah like cnn cnn did a review on it my god so it it was terrible so yeah but that's where we are you know yeah that is definitely where we are my god my gosh my gosh yes well some of the things that i've been thinking about this week is um so the we've kind of talked about it a little bit this week about how my personal theory is that someone had the cool 
mm-hmm. edgy, and I'm using like <laughs> inverted commas, yeah. inverted commas here. Cool, mm-hmm. edgy idea to um, have angel wings on Villanelle Ugh. and in the water with blood. And so I think they had the ending and they worked backwards to give us a crappy season. And that is fine because I mean I've never done that personally, but a lot of people do know their endings before they know their start. I don't mind as a whole if you start at the back and you flesh it out so that when you go back, it makes sense. Okay. Problem is, this doesn't make sense. <laughs> One thing, right? I, I'm a big fan of knowing your ending, okay? In, in, in my current work that I'm doing, I knew the ending a year and a half ago. And I've been, I didn't work backwards, but I've known the ending, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like that makes sense if you know the ending in terms of, like, a plot point. Like, how it ends for a character, like, plot-wise. Not just, like, an image, okay? Yeah. <laughs> what bothers yes. me is that you are well, you're so <laughs> hell-bent on Villanelle having blood wings that you have yes. to fuck up your whole story just to get there. Oh, my fucking I say God. no! <laughs> I say no! Oh, we're getting claps already! We're getting the claps as they're coming in. Yeah. Um... But, no, you know, and then did you see Sally? Um, Sally in an interview said, "We knew we wanted to have that watery thing." <laughs> did you hear her say that? She's like, "We wanted to have that watery like theme or whatever it was." Why? Oh uh, no! Why are you so obsessed with H two O? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Why? I mean, um, water is great. I'm a cancer. Water sign. Excellent. A uh, bit like <laughs> police. Like, can we just? I don't know. I don't understand. I don't get it. Oh I'm never gonna. I have not understood anything. Yes, ever since. But anyway, yeah. So I was thinking about that, and then I was thinking about how um, in episode one they had all those like religious iconography scenes Mm -hmm. of Villanelle, and so there's definitely very overt scene of her with wings, yeah, standing at the altar, and there's wings at at the back. Why? And there's there's also the um, scene where she's in May's house and they're eating fish and fish and loaves. And she <laughs> sat right in front of the sun. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The symbolism. I'm sorry. If you have to insert that many fucking symbolism, like, well, symbols in general, you're, that's a problem. You can't just rely on that. Like, I like a little bit of it, foreshadowing like the next person. But this is overt. But it never gave it any meaning. That's the problem. There's no mm. meaning to Villanelle no. having blood wings. <laughs> <laughs> well... Not oh. to mention how fucking offensive it is. The thought that someone thought it was a good idea to put blood wings on Villanelle and make like she was ascending with all of the Christian references yeah. this season is just unbelievably offensive to me. Uh, I just don't like, understand why it's why why it's relevant. I no. don't, I don't get well, it. Well, it's it's not it unless be. you are trying to do something immensely cruel. Yeah, because it's it, very it's, cruel. it's no it's no secret that you know uh, there is a at least a section of Christianity that is that is fucking homophobic. homophobic. Yeah, and you can't take that on and be like, okay, we're just gonna throw in this imagery, and then the gay girl's going to die at the end. Like, yeah. you know, what are you doing? And the say? writers are going to double down in the interviews. Yeah. And, and say, say shit she's like, ascending. And say shit like, 
Eve needed to be cleansed and Eve needed to blah, blah, blah. All of this, like this is, I I was saying this, Alyssa and I talked about this this week and and I was saying that I, I, the inside of me, I try my best to give people the benefit of the doubt. Okay. I really do. And there is a part of me where I sit here and I go, maybe they're just fucking ignorant. Maybe they just didn't know what they were doing. Maybe they just didn't think that, that somehow all of this is a coincidence. But there is just too much fucking lining up mm. for me to go, how is there not at least some uh, motivation behind what you were doing that was more yeah. sinister? You know, because yeah. I don't know how that many coincidences line up and yeah. why you have that many interviews saying so many things. Yeah. Without any form of inherent or like at least like subconscious homophobia sitting mm. in your brain while you're doing this. Like I don't understand. Yeah. So um it is- And that's a really good point. So we did have one email say talking about it was very interesting why I feel like it was very purposeful why they mm. completely changed Villanelle's look this season. Yeah. I personally I thought it I think, and I thought, I still do think it's because they were trying to like dress her down a little bit to reflect her mental state and and the growth and the change and the transformation and stuff like that. Mm. But when you compare her outfits from previous seasons to this one, mm. it's she does look very like masculine, and it's like, what are they trying to do there with that? Yeah, what is the like? Is it is it like is it like an innocent subtle. thing or is it sinister? Because yeah. Like if I, we'd have to sit down and actually just be like, "What are you doing? And why have you done it?" And I'd need to mm. look in their eyes and actually try to gauge what the fuck is going on here because I I I I don't want to sit here and be like, "Oh, they've created this homophobic story." But guess what? They did. Like that is what happened. Yeah. Like regardless yeah. of their intentions or whatever, mm-hmm. that is what happened. So you need to now sit with that, and you need to deal with Learn. the repercussions yeah. of that and yeah in this day and age it's not cool it's just no. not cool so you know you're gonna have to deal with that should we yeah. jump into the emails now we we're going to jump into them later but it might be a good jumping off point to do mailbag yeah now. sure um, um yeah we can do that that's a good idea yeah yeah we'll jump into mailbag now and after we're done mailbag we are going to <laughs> um present a well Alyssa's going to present a fill in the gaps of season four and try to like make sense of, of some things and, and try to yeah. give her idea of what could have been. And I am going to do a, uh, well, a performance. <laughs> a dramatic retelling. <laughs> a dramatic retelling of what I wish I saw. Okay. And that is what's okay. going to happen. Uh, and so we will end this podcast in a, 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 uh, our own uh, West End musical going to be happening. Okay, so <laughs> let's start with the first email from Jess. So thank you, Jess, for writing in. Yeah, and she you. says the Killing Eve finale was devastating. Yes, it was, which is such a stark and painful contrast to the invigorating energy the show had at the beginning. I remember being entranced and wowed to see such subversive and complicated characters, particularly women, being portrayed on screen. It's astonishing how the show has carried us along to emphasize, to, to empathize with, sorry, and even root for an assassin. But they gave Villanelle's character such depth that it was easy to understand why she made the choices that she did, why she was the way she was, and, why, and what potential she had for growth. 
On a more positive note, this series has inspired me to pursue my own writing career more seriously. If yes, there's one queen. lesson, yes, queen. If there's one lesson that I've gleaned from the Killing Eve finale, is that as queer folks, we need to reclaim our narratives and write our own stories. Yes, 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 yes. yes. So let's just, uh, yeah, I'll just continue because she actually wrote yeah. some other good things here. We had such limited representation and opportunity to re- represent ourselves that we mm-hmm. cling to story like cling to stories like Killing Eve. Well, I cannot talk, but perhaps, <laughs> talk. <laughs> but perhaps we need to craft our own. I hope we can continue to see complicated characters like this in the future, and I hope that, if anything, this inspires a new wave of content and storytelling that pushes and subverts our understanding for love, morality, and potential for change and growth. Jess, and no one dying at the end. Thanks, Jess from the US. We really appreciate your email. Let's. So, what do we what do we think about this, Alyssa? I thought this was a great email. Just talking about. I thought that was great, and like, it's very true because I do think. As queer folk, we, when you use your lived experience, you're never going to make those mistakes. And, like, that doesn't mean the gay character doesn't die in the end. <clears throat> it just means that it's, it's earned. Like, yeah. that's what we've talked about from day one. It just means that you can write something with responsibility. And, yeah, I mean, I have a delightful character in my novel who is the apple of my eye. <laughs> And there is nothing that is ever going to happen to her. She is safe with me. <laughs> <laughs> and I know you're the same. I know you've got some queer characters. I and, do. I and and do. we we love them dearly. And if we and I'm sure we're going to release some stuff someday, Francis. And mm. maybe our stuff will be released. Will be made into a TV show. <laughs> oh. And we will fight like tooth tooth and nail for them. But yeah, and so. Nail. Yes, this this whole email is really good, and it's it's really unfortunate that we this has to be said. Mm. It's really unfortunate that you know it's not that straight people can't write queer characters. It's just that when you don't have an understanding of the harm and the trauma and and yeah, I just feel like that's when things go wrong. That's yeah. when things go down the toilet. Yeah. For sure but no we really appreciated that jess and thank yes. you for uh, thank writing you. in um, thank you thank you thank you our next email is from <clears throat> allison and she says when the season ended like it did it was so bizarre i've never experienced that level of loss from a fictional show yeah it definitely was it felt like yeah. the loss of someone and something real It still does. I couldn't figure out why it felt so painful from an intellectual perspective. And that brings me to say, thank you. You helped me to understand and articulate what makes a story work and what makes it meaningful and why this ending was so harmful and a betrayal to the characters in the show itself. You validated my pain and made me feel not alone. I'm so grateful to you. Thank you so much, Alison. That is very kind. Thank you, Alison. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, we really appreciate that those words and you know from your email we also feel the same way um can't wait for your series wrap up pod would love to hear about how the show has changed you affected you if it has made you discover anything about yourself Mm. so how has the show changed you slash affected you slash has it made you discover anything about yourself Alyssa? 
Um, I don't think it's made me discover anything that wasn't already there. Mm-hmm. However, it's definitely, I feel like it's really interesting because I feel like, personally speaking, mm. it's made, I guess, how I look at sexuality in general as, like, a lot more fluid. Like, I kind of hate it that, like, I kind of hate it how, like, with society, and we've talked about this heaps of times, society likes to box everything up in nice little packages. Yeah. But I think that's why I did love Killing Eve so much at the start, barring season four. (laughs) Um, It's because no one was ever placed in a box. It was very fluid. And I think that is something that I've also learned about myself. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, it's, It's nice to have that, to have that, to feel freedom when you watch a show like that. Yeah. And I think if you, if you don't feel like you fit into a box, you know, mm. any of these queer stories or like stories like, you know, where Villanelle is so, uh, you know, in particular, uh, embraces every facet of who she is, what she wears, how she, how she acts, what she, you know, even like, like just everything about Villanelle is just, I'm here. It's me. And this is what I like. And And this this is is what I am. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So... I think that these shows really help on so many levels to just kind of, you know, give you a a a more like accepting view of your own self and like mm. all the things that you're allowed to be, you know. Yeah. Um, yes, and, you and put not it much to... more eloquently than me. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just like uh, I, I just think that it's it's really really nice to to have these shows, and I really really hope. And it's so disappointing, obviously, what happened with season four. It's fucking awful. I just really <laughs> hope that that you know there are more shows or there's more narratives that kind of give that to people because yeah. it's so important. It is yes. it, beyond important that people understand that they don't have to fit into a box or, or, or be a label or be a, mm-hmm. like, you know, just they, they are who they are and that yeah. is it. Um, yeah. Okay. So what about you, Francis? Has it, uh, did the show, how has the show changed you and affected you? Have, have is it made you discover anything about yourself? Um, I wouldn't say I, I think I'm the same as you. I don't really feel like because I only watched it last year, and um, mm. you know I don't feel like it has necessarily changed me or helped me realize things about myself. But I but I I'm similar to you in the sense of I do feel like watching someone like Villanelle has given me that confidence to just be like. I think maybe with fashion, it's helped me to like, you know, see different things about like cool ways to integrate fashion. And it's, mm. it, but it's also just it, in terms of myself and who I am as a person, I think it's just made me more confident in, in many yeah. different ways um, mm-hmm. yeah. and made me confident as a woman too. Yeah. All right. From, uh, from Sinead, I think that's how you say it. Sinead. Um, Sinead says, the bury your gaze trope. Uh, I know most viewers have heard this phrase and understand the concept and I am so truly devastated that in 2022 they did it step by step. Same. Um, if you look up what is involved in the trope, they literally mm. ticked all the boxes. Uh, I am just baffled and heartbroken, honestly, that heterosexual writers still believe that the only way to end a lesbian character's story is to kill her off. Death feels more authentic mm-hmm. to them than to write a happy ending for two queer women. Now, Which I yeah, I fucking hate. It's horrible. It's awful. It is disgusting, and it needs to yeah. die. 
It, it needs to literally. It does. Like, I, the I, trope needs to I be gone. will literally bury this trope. <laughs> like I'm gonna bury the bury you gays trope. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like let me let me fucking like get a shovel because I I'm telling you, I I I literally I I say I said in the last pod when the end showed up the stupid fucking red writing the end. Oh okay? fuck! When that happened, I was like I was laughing so heavily because I was in so much disbelief they did something so stupid. Like, you know when someone does something really fucking dumb and you're like, you are so dumb. That is what happened. (laughs) So, you know, I, I, I still am, I think I'm still in a bit of shock that it happened. Yeah. yeah. And I still think that I come across like clips from season two and I'm like, how the fuck did we go from like, Will you give me everything I want in the kitchen with a fucking stop. knife against a fucking fridge? Francis, and, and stop! What the fuck? Francis, just, stop! It's not fucking bear. Like I'm like, oh, this is a fucking God. bear. You've taken our characters and you fucking. This just, is the problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, anyway, anyway. Excuse anyway. me, excuse me. Let me just say, Ugh. seasons one and two, Francis, Francis, Francis. When I, <laughs> part of my. <laughs> Part of my like coping mechanism over the past two weeks has been watching like Villeneuve scenes right. from season one and two. And mm-hmm. oh. it was it was peak. It was yeah. fucking peak it sexual was. tension. It was. Oh my god. And where did that go? I don't know. It went down the toilet. You know what else? I'll tell you this much. I remember when I was watching this for the first time and uh, and you were like, how are you finding it? Like, what are you thinking? And I sent you the, <laughs> yes! g- the gif of Beyonce sipping that drink and doing the eyes because I was like, that is literally yeah. how I feel every fucking episode. That yeah. is how I feel. And then I get to fucking season four and I am I a blank fucking page. I have nothing on my face. I am looking at that thing like, okay, when is this episode over? Why? It- it made me tired. Like some of this stuff, I was bored in. I've never been bored oh. in anything Killing Eve ever, except for when except Geraldine for and Carolyn oh, were having well, something. Yeah. Having but Geraldine, but... like, largely pointless. But Gemma Whelan is such a good actress that I did have some interest, even though largely pointless. Yes, you know Gemma Whelan was like she was great as Geraldine. I mean, yeah. she didn't get to do enough, but no, she's great. But yeah, great I mean, season Zara. three is another thing altogether. But yeah. Oh man, it's just like oh, when I think about yeah that that <laughs> the like I've been morning <laughs> in you season know. two. I like the way it that... it it makes my skin hot. Uh, I'm no, brushed. I I swear like... God, I'm telling you when when that scene happened, yeah. I remember I was like, this is like the best. Like it was not the one of the best shows I've ever seen in my life. I that was yes, that's you where were. I was. I was like, I, I said to you, I said this is top three for me. This is top fucking yeah. three. Top. I fucking remember when three. you messaged me when you first started watching, and yes. you, like I think you were like 20 minutes into episode one, and uh-huh. you were like, oh no, she's oh you're like oh Alyssa, I really like this show. Yeah. Oh, I really like this show. Uh-huh. And then like a day later, you were like, excuse me, I really like the show. Yeah. How did we get here? I don't know. Oh. How did we get here? Yeah. Okay. Uh. So do you yes. want to read anyway. the next email from Yash? Yeah, so Yash, uh, I promised I would do a special shout out because Yash is one of our first three listeners. Yes. And we love having you on the ride, Yash. Yash. 
Uh, so now that we've reached the end, I was curious, do either of you, Alyssa slash Francis, think that there, think or feel that there should be a prequel or sequel or spin-off to the series? Only if it involves Jodie Comer. Yeah. Obviously, the Killing Eve world isn't as vast as big as a show, and isn't as vast and big as a show like Game of Thrones, but would a spin-off series for Killing Eve intrigue you? Not for fucking Carolyn! No! <laughs> no, not for Carolyn. Not for Carolyn. But if and you so- want to give, if you want to give me a spinoff where Eve and Villanelle suddenly are back together again and we're yeah. going all over again, fine. But no, I, I, and everything else is kind of no. I don't. I'm not interested in seeing Constantine. Yeah. I'm not interested in seeing Carolyn. I'm not interested in seeing anyone. I only want to see Villanelle yes. come out of the water and live a forever. Life the other time, fake her death. The end. Okay, that's what we're doing. And actually, when I was talking to Yash about it, I was saying that I would really like. I'm slightly interested in, like, a Villanelle, like, prequel story. Mm. However, I just think Jodie is, like, well, I think she's too... I don't think she would come back for something like that. I think she's probably beyond it now. Yeah. Unless... Could you imagine if they were magically, like... Season five has been renewed. <laughs> Guys, we're bringing the show back. I think they would, would need do? to pay for everybody's therapy bill because yeah. I, I think everyone will just be like, I them. feel like I I have literally gone through the ringer and here I am. And <laughs> I what the fuck? That so, yeah. Oh, um, bloody, bloody yeah. hell. Bloody hell. Bloody hell. Bloody hell. Bloody All right. Hell. Email from Steffi. Steffi, can I just say something? <laughs> We had a good old chuckle at your email. We thought you were yeah. so funny. Steffi was, she had all the pop culture references. She had references from our pod that she threw in there. And I was like, yeah. you are just round of applause and for you. Thank the you, funniest Steffi. thing was when she made a comment about, like, she would, she never, she would never understand how um, even Villanelle started the series mad at each other, which coincidentally, that is going to be my fill in the gap section that I'm going to talk about. Oh, yes. Um, but yeah, and then the, then she said, "What did what happened to Laura Neal? Lobotomy? <laughs> I, is it true? Could that be it? Is that it's the, the right of it, a length of time that Perhaps. there could have been a lobotomy maybe. between those two? Maybe. Um, but anyway, yeah. So yeah. Steffi asks, "What did what do you think was the turning point? Well, this is a, this is a loaded question. What do you mm. think was the turning point that led to the downfall of the show? Um." The hiring of Suzanne and then the subsequent hiring of Laura. Um, no, I I feel like the down honestly the down the downfall was. Um, oh my god, I feel terrible saying this because it's legitimately one of my favorite episodes. But it was episode five. Are you from Pinner? I agree. In series three, I thought the same thing. Fucking loved the episode. Yeah. Let me just say that as a fan of Jodie fucking Coma, mm. I loved that episode and I loved the character development. However. When you take the titular character out of the the episode, when you Mm -hmm. take Eve out of Killing Eve, that's when it goes downhill, I think. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. And we didn't get an Eve-focused episode, which, unforgivable. No. And also, I was going to say, I agree with that 100%, but I also have a second option. And the second option is episode one of season four. Because I think... That if you were going right, to do yeah. that and, you fu- and you, you've done that, you've done it already and you've gotten to the end of that, at least when you are getting to season four, make it make fucking sense with why they were on the bridge, they walked away, what the fuck happened in the break? Okay, 
sorry. Oh, wait. I just thought of another thing. Yes. I just thought of another thing, though. I can't remember if it's episode seven or episode eight in season three. Mm. But, oh, big, big downfall moment is when Bear from The Bitter Pill, which we don't talk about very often, he magically remembers. Oh, this. Just happened to remember that he might have captured Kenny's death. Oh, eight speaking of, later. another question. Do you oh. think killing off Kenny at the beginning of season three was worth it? From Steffi. <sighs> I don't really think it's side. done a lot. Yeah. Like, I don't think it did anything. He just died. The only reason they killed Kenny was to bring Eve back in after her <sighs> traumatic experience. So, I guess... Purely for that reason, Kenny was the only character that we cared enough about as well. Yeah, for it to be. A I shock. actually liked him, you know, mm. and it's very odd for me to like a man in the show when there's lots yeah. of women. Um, the so... problem with killing off Kenny mm. is that, I mean, the show really likes putting Eve with like men who solve her problems for her, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Which, not that Eve is not a capable character, but, like, Kenny was her, like, hacker guy who, mm-hmm. like, found all the shit. So then when they got rid of Kenny, they were like, oh, fuck, like, we need someone else in this place. So they put Bear in there. Mm. And then when they were like, okay, we're done with Bitter Pill, Yusuf. Yeah. That's literally. The problem yeah. is, is that all of those people didn't have what Kenny had, which is, I'm Carolyn's son. So there is another and I'm layer. Interest- and I'm like a good character. Yeah. yeah. And like there's another layer to his character, which makes his, you know, uh, choices more interesting, you know, mm-hmm. because he's acting, he can sometimes be actively working against his mother. Like that sort of thing yes. had some interesting qualities. You throw in it's Bear. True. Who's Bear? You throw in Yusuf. Who's Yusuf? No one fucking knows. Mm. All right. Next question. Um, because the series finale was awful and season four in hindsight was meh, uh, how do you reconcile with the overall quality of the show? How it's deteriorated, I guess. Um, oh, I don't know. It's so hard, know. isn't it? This is exactly really what we were talking hard. about before. Like, how the fuck do you make sense of something that was, you know, those so moments, good. those yeah. fucking moments that are like unbelievable and you get here. Um yep. Well, I will I, say this. I don't yeah. I don't have like, you know, this overwhelming need to rewatch anytime mm. soon. But I will say another thing where like those scenes in season 1 and 2 are so fucking good that it still gives me joy to to watch yeah. them. So it's yeah. a really weird contrast at the moment, and I suppose how I view that will happen in time. Um mm-hmm. Right now, it's still fresh, but... Yeah, it's very fresh. Yeah, it's a bit of a weird one. It's, yeah. I feel like if if I can somehow... Yeah, if I can look at just uh, the overall quality of the show, because I feel like seasons one and two are still very strong, but now they're all tainted with what we know about season four. Mm-hmm. And that's why I hate it. Like, even if... Going back to the if they changed the ending or whatever mm. by some miracle, mm. they were like, we're remorseful and we're going to give the fans something else. 
I'll still never lose this overall feeling that what they've originally produced was canon. Yeah. And what was canon is that Villanelle died in a terrible death scene. Ugh, yeah. And, like, that that is, unfortunately, that's going to affect all my rewatching. I mean, for me, I haven't, personally, I haven't been able to step away from it properly yet. I'm still feeling the, the depth of that that kind of loss I guess yeah and yeah and I haven't been able to stop thinking about it but when I do see clips of those early season scenes I'm really like taken back into that mind frame of what could have been Mm. like you could have given us a fucking epic last finale like who cares if it was fan service or if you just you thought it was fan service it wouldn't have been because that's what like you said last pod this is what people are here for yeah like those, those few scenes in the final episode, <clears throat> where you gave us Jody and Sandra just improvising, being cute together, and giving us even Villanelle being happy together. Mm. Those were standout scenes of the entire season. Just to jump off that real quick, mm. I just want to talk about fan service real quick because this is something that I personally think about fan service. Mm-hmm. Fan service is a really cheap term, and I think that it's a cheap term because if you have constructed a story to make fans care, okay, have you not been the one to kind of construct to lead it how with. they yeah. feel about these characters? Yeah, and you to know? be honest, I wouldn't even say even Villanelle would ever be fan service because, no. like, it's not like fans are like. Seeing something that ne- not necessar- is not necessarily there and is begging the writers mm. for... Like, if, say, even Villanelle were written as, like, completely heterosexual. Yeah. And we were all like, no, 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 we want them to kiss. Like, that would, to me, would be an example of fan service. But all they have done from the series is, has been a very natural progression. Yeah, and but it's it's what the story's attraction. always been. It's like when Phoebe Waller-Bridge yeah, exactly. said that so everything, yeah, yeah, you're right. everything exists to bring these together. But I was just going to also say about fan service is, like, you know, I think that we've we've I think that fan service is a concept that has kind of bubbled up as we've become more uh, privy as a society. Yeah. We've had social media. We have people that analyze things a lot deeper than they used to. Was it fan service at the end of Star Wars when Luke Skywalker and and uh, Han Solo got their medals? Is that fan service or is that just the natural progression of the story was it fan service in endgame when they all came through the portals or was it just a natural progression of what heroes would do in a story like Mm. it's it's one of those things where you have to ask when is it fan service and what the fuck is it even fan service if the what the fans want exists because you have placed it there to get us there and that that is where i i think with killing eve it's a perfect example of the fact that them being together Yep. was never fan service because Phoebe Waller-Bridge said herself that this show exists to bring them, to bring together. them together. So it's yeah. never going to be I think that. I feel like, though, that certainly in season four, it's very clear that the writers never had that. They would have put them together. Yeah. Like, season four was set up perfectly for them to be together this season. Yeah. Or at least fucking together earlier than they were. And so that's why I I do kind of have this negative, like, I feel like they, the writers and the showrunners, feel negatively towards the fan. Otherwise, 
fans because if they if they didn't feel negatively towards us, they wouldn't have led the show this way. If they would have proceeded with more care. Yeah, I honestly feel like they they haven't. <laughs> They have like a personal vendetta against the fans of well, Killing Eve. It feels like it, right? And yeah, and I'm but... not and, and I'm not the type to usually just make those statements, but I genuinely feel like mm. there has been something that's happened here that feels particularly sinister and hateful that has really fucked me off. That mm. I feel deeply and I feel collectively it makes me upset not only for myself but for everybody else as well. But yeah. yeah. Um Favourite Villanelle outfit? Oh, well. Well, mine, I mean, look, I have a few, but the one that I'm going to choose is the one, I'm going to choose the funeral garb with the veil because because to me, that was just, it was perfect. It was like, you had the, and then I just loved all of it. I loved everything surrounding it. She walks in, she's got the red lipstick on, she's got her veil She's got it. Just it's like it's hot yeah. and it's and it's, but it's also steamy like, and the red. Yes, lipstick. it was just it was so. <gasps> yes. What about the low ponytail? Oh, I just love everything. That. Everything was fantastic. <laughs> so that would be my choice. Um, but I also liked the choice in season three when she looked like a, uh, a Sesame Street character with the with the green. Um, the oh green. yeah, the, it, that was Gucci. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was, I, I, that was I, cool I'm sorry look. that I called her a Sesame Street character, but this is no, no, no. It, uh, when I first saw her, I was like, because it was like a runway outfit, and I was literally like, who would? I just this? thought it was cool, and she was like, what out there, like on the golf cart, yeah. like just wearing it. She's like, you know, I was like, yeah, a vibe. But yeah. I, there's so many that I like, cool. but that I, those are the two that come to mind off the top of my head. What about you? Well, like obviously, the the one that always gets mentioned is the pink dress from season one. Mm. Oh yeah when I tell you how much I wanted to buy that for myself <laughs> until I realized the price tag. <laughs> um however my actual one is actually not even an outfit. It's a it's a pair of pants that she wore mm-hmm. in season two, episode three. In the episode where um <laughs> her and Eve are like Eve is, tracks her down to the hotel room in season two. Uh-huh. And Eve has all of the officers after her. Uh-huh. And Constantine is with um, Villanelle in the hotel room. And then they had that really charged moment through the door and they're breathing. Oh, they're heavy yes. breathing. Villanelle is wearing these amazing, like, silver metallic striped pants. Ooh. And they exist. They are they are Isabel Morant Novita metallic striped skinny pants. Ooh, la la. And they are 500 pounds. And one day I'm going to buy them, yes. Francis. Oh, I don't care. I believe it. I don't care. I do will it. Out my credit card. Do it for yourself. Treat yourself. Okay. Treat myself. Uh, I will. <laughs> Villanelle pants. Um, okay. Uh, favorite Villanelle kill. So my most favorite Villanelle kill is, um, I don't know why I love this one mm. so much. I just do. And I can't go past it ever. Yeah. It is the season three garden Oh, I love that one. She kills Bertha. Yes. I don't know why. It's just yes. so charming and it's cute. It's so playful. Yeah. It's so playful. And I feel like that kill really captures the yeah. essence of killing. Of, and a villanelle as well as a character. Just like when she's like, oh, yes. oh, 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 oh. <laughs> and she's hiccuping. Oh, it's 
just adorable. It's fantastic. Love it. Love yeah. it. I never thought I'd say that a kill scene would be adorable. Yeah. But oh. What's yours? Mine um, is that one, and also Bill, because I I remember when I, when I watched the when I watched it for the first time, I was like. <gasps> Uh, I was very, yes. uh, you know, it was it's gasp. True. It was gasp. Bill, um, the Bill kill scene is, um, it's, it's, I just loved it. Like the, the, the colors, like the way that she, like he's following her into the club and then all of a sudden she just turns and she just has that look on her face and you just know Bill is fucked. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Yes. I yes. reckon that was probably the moment that I realized I was in deep for killing you. I think me too. I think me too. I, I think I messaged mm. you after that that moment. And like, I, was like, <gasps> I was like, damn, this show. Um, all right. Do you know, sorry, that I feel like uh-huh. the Bill scene, yeah. Villanelle's face is awash in blue and in the series finale, her face is also awash in blue. Do you think that was intentional? No. What do you think? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving them no credit. No. Yeah, fair. Okay. Yeah. All right. No, it might right, be, we'll but continue. like, who, who yeah. fucking knows? All right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next email we had was actually a really touching. Um, yes. And deep email about grief and the way the yeah. show the the show has chosen to depict grief. So it's yeah. from the neurocritic, I believe that's how I pronounce it. Yeah. Um, and they said, why would the writers insist on torturing Eve when she's already lost everything else? It was yep. unnecessarily cruel. The main emotion that Sandra O expressed was not triumph or relief. Um, as she said in an interview to answer this question, what's one word to describe the finale? I'm going to say two words, killing Eve. Killing Villanelle was like killing Eve. The actors were not portraying what was written in the script and to say otherwise is gaslighting. I yep. I was very moved by this email. This email had um, some really really uh uh how do i explain this really 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 thought-provoking moving perspectives on grief and how the show chose to handle this topic with Mm. no delicate uh uh no no way at all so my problem and you know in the email as well where they were just saying you know how to to kind of suggest that losing someone that is that important to you and in the way mm-hmm. that the show framed it, losing someone that understands you more than anybody would ever be considered a relief mm. is a really, really horrible and disgusting way to yeah. suggest that someone would grieve. Like it is, it is, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't even take the natural uh, uh, perspective that someone would have the minute that it happens Acute grief is not relief. Like what? Like, I have no idea no. how that sounds like some bloody slogan. But it, like you know, it's it's true. Yeah, it's when true. you are yeah. when you're in that place, where the fuck is there a scream of survival even in that conversation? Yeah. Um. You know, I I'm so like, obviously Sandra O would have never played that that way. Mm. <laughs> like you know, because yeah, it's a yeah. stupid thing to even suggest. But yeah. I'm absolutely, I'm still gobsmacked that yeah. this was even a comment. This was even yeah. a, a suggestion. This was even something that was talked about in interviews. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. how in the fuck can you suggest that losing yeah. someone that you love that deeply would ever be relieving? 
it, yeah. it, it would have ruined Eve mm. in that moment, you know? Grief is, grief is a very, very complicated thing. And, like, you know, in time there are ways that you can explore grief. And, like, you know, I'll reference one division here. But I remember always vision... Like before he said, you know, what is grief if not love persevering? Before he said that, he said a really other good line that said, it can't all be sorrow, right? And that's true. Grief is not only sorrow. But that takes time, right? You don't mm-hmm. just get to that place yeah. in the minute that it happens, right? Where, yeah. you, where you find, you know, uh, uh, memories give you good feelings or, yeah. or, you know, you find healing moments, right? Those things happen in time. But at no yeah. point is losing someone that you love fucking survival or relief. So yeah. I don't know what this... I'm still absolutely shocked by this comment yeah. and the insensitivity surrounding it. It still really <laughs> fucks me off. And yeah. I, I'm i just... I, I have to throw my hands up and just be like, I don't know what the fuck you're trying to say and what you're trying to do. It's another slap yeah. in the face to the audience. And another slap in the face to anyone who's grieved. And I would assume they've grieved because everyone has in, in life. So I don't know why. Yeah, but they that's what I want to know. Totally has... distasteful. Like, what yeah. the fuck are you doing? Yeah. But but have they ever lost someone like that? Honestly, because I don't know how you, I don't know how you write that type of ending. And slap the end over it, mm. which completely minimizes, like what a lot of people have gone through. Mm. I don't know how that is something that a decent human being can do legitimately like this isn't even me being dramatic Mm -hmm. the fact that yes we have had this amazing very touching email sent to us where the reader lost their wife and the the comparison of sorry that listener watched and felt that way Mm -hmm. the fact that you don't have any agency or any responsibility Mm -hmm. for how you tell your story and how it's going to affect people It's just like it's just beyond disappointing. It's 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 like it's beyond being. It's a disturbing. Human being. It's actually it's disturbing. disturbing. Yeah, you know, and that is and what fucks me off about it so much. Yeah, and like even yeah, like Laura's fucking dumb, fucking stupid comment about Villanelle ascending to a celestial place. Like, I, I'm sorry. Mm. I'm sorry. Like, is Laura a Christian? That's all I yeah. can understand. Like, because I'm sorry, a lot of people, for, for when you lose a loved one, that's it. Yeah. You don't have these rosy feelings that they've gone to a higher place. Yeah. It just, it fucking sucks. Yeah. They're not, they're here and then they're not anymore. Yeah. And, and I don't think that there and is. And we're left to pick up the pieces. And, and Killing Eve has never been a show that, that falls on religious symbolism. Like, it's never been part of the Except show. for this season. Except for this season, yeah. yeah. So that's another yeah. reason why it just feels out of place. It's another reason why it's bad writing. Yeah. It's another reason why none of this makes any fucking sense. Because yeah. you can't just all of a sudden do this and expect mm-hmm. that your audience isn't going to feel like, well, this isn't the show I signed up for. This mm-hmm. is not the ending. I, for fucking hell, definitely not the ending that I signed up for. No. And I still have no idea. Uh, what they're trying to achieve, what they're trying to say. Like, I'm actually really yeah. confused by the message because that's, no, what, that's yeah. why I keep saying, like, I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt, but it's real fucking hard because everything yeah. points to the fact that they've done something that is incredibly hurtful and they don't give a fuck. And I'm yeah. like, you can't just do that. Like, you can't yeah. do that to your audience. And that is why I said no. at the beginning of the pod, 
I don't know why you would want that to be your legacy. Because it's not just you've assassinated these characters. It's not just what they did to Daenerys. It's not just what happened with Game of Thrones. You have literally done something that will affect and hurt a whole uh, a group of people yeah. for years to come. And they will yeah. not actually look at this fondly. Do you want yeah. that on your fucking record? Do you really want that? Because I don't think you do. Like, I really, I, I would fucking hope that you don't. Otherwise, you're a really awful person. So I think that they yeah. need to have a long fucking hard look in the mirror and go, yeah. we fucked up. And we have to say something about it. Because yeah. I, I, I'm sorry, like, their apology will pro- likely be not accepted. But at least fucking own up to the fact that you did something shit. You have got articles coming out where you are trying to talk about your ending as if it's like some like fantastic stop yeah. acting like you've done the best thing ever. Like, yeah. it's ridiculous. That's where all the gaslighting comes in. What the fuck? Oh, angel wings. Yeah. Oh, oh, watery. Oh, blood. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm sitting here like, okay, great. That was one of the worst things I've ever seen. And you are off here yeah. on your high horse thinking that you have just won, like, you know, the grand prize. <laughs> Like, do you want a fucking medal? In terrible writing. Do you want yeah. They they are probably waiting for their gold medal, thinking that they've done something fantastic. I'm like, I'm sorry to tell you, you get you get a piece of poo because that is what <laughs> you have done. Thank you. Good night. That was great. Sorry. That was very... And I didn't mean right, that right. Yeah. I'm really sorry about that. That looks like that was a... No, no, no. Stop, stop, Francis. Do not apologise. That was great. And it's so true. This whole thing has been disrespectful and it's been painful and it has been so hurtful on so many levels mm. so completely hear you and i 100 percent agree um and it's just it's so disappointing that it's come to this Ugh. and yeah to be honest i think the reason that they wrote all of the they recorded all those interviews before the finale aired is because they wanted to double down on it and i don't think I honestly don't think there's anything they can do at this point to fix what they have what they have mm. done and how they've made people feel. And so you know what? If that's killing Eve's legacy and people learn from it and they resolve to never do this type of thing again, then that's enough for me. Like, Yeah. Never. It's, yeah, it's can, you hear me out there? Never fucking do this again. Stop. Yeah. Stop. Look at what... Just fucking read an article. Fucking go on Google. Do what Alyssa said. Read the fucking BuzzFeed article that says how many lesbians have <laughs> fucking died. Like, do some fucking research. Yeah. It's 2022! Okay, I'm done. Uh, anyway. <laughs> no, it's true. Yeah. All right, 100%. so last email. Last email yeah. uh, that we're going to bring up is from Jackie. Uh, sorry, I did not mean to say your name like that, but if you like it, <laughs> Jackie! Um, uh, so, Jackie says... <laughs> I don't know what the fuck. Okay, Jackie says... <laughs> I just listened to your latest episode and it was cathartic. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much, Jackie. I loved the karaoke scene. It wrecked me. I think it's a brilliant usage of an unused season one, episode one footage. The karaoke night when they celebrated Bill's birthday, the last day of Eve's normal life before we even meet met Kenny. The show finally acknowledged the joy and laughs Eve had in her past life and the weight and tremendous loss PTSD that she's experienced. Yes. Thank you, Jackie, for sending that through. I, um, this was a really good point because I too, I really loved the karaoke scene. It was probably like one of the kind of shining lights of episode seven for me in the whole pile of dog shit. Yes. Um, I, I, I got the broad strokes of what they were trying to do though. 
again, I just I just don't think they they make it clear enough to the viewer. Yeah. Like, and and I understand that was I guess the point of use of that character. Mm. Um, you know, he had obviously been in the army. Um, and had you know gone to gone um to fight in war zones, and he had lost members of his team in combat. And so I understand now that the point of that character was to. I guess be a support to Eve and like have that shared PTSD thread. However, they never made it clear yeah. until that moment. And so I do think the moment was effective. Another though. major misstep. Yeah. I do yeah. think I do think that moment was effective though. I felt that moment. That was one of the rare moments yeah. in the last few episodes that I actually felt. Um, but yeah. not because necessarily It was very touching. Not yeah. because it was necessarily being shared with Yusuf, but because that it was like I was being reminded of of Eve in season one. And it was more of like a, oh, Sandra, oh, oh, like, look what, what Eve's gone through. Mm. Oh, like, you know, more of that. But I, I stand on my, you know, um, my little hill here and I will say until the cows come home that Eve <laughs> has not been given as much time and care as she should have been uh, yeah. over and over again. I will say that forever. She has not been yeah. given enough time. But anyway. Yeah. And and yeah, that's a problem with season three. We never saw her feelings be explored. Yes, at all, really. And so that's the unfortunate thing because it was never explored in season three. It meant it all had to be shoved into the end half of season four, which is again another reason why it feels so fucking rushed. Yeah. Oh. Um. Right. Yes. So anyway, we yes. Yeah, so we have had like amazing our last call out came with some really amazing um emails and thoughts um so thank you so much it's really helped us with our um processing of the series and the collective grief and fucking trauma that we are all feeling over such a shitty end to such a once gleaming diamond of a show yes um and you know for all of us that has been really hard to come to terms to Mm. come to terms with mm. um but we want to we want to thank you all for reaching out because uh your emails helped us come to terms with a lot of these things ourselves mm-hmm. and uh you know so just thank you so much for that and yeah. you know i don't know we're probably going to do another episode at some point after this i don't know like i don't think this is our final 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 episode we'll ever do like you know maybe i don't know how long down the track but you know, I don't know what's coming next, but feel free to keep contacting us. Um, yeah. We're happy to, to, to you know, we, we have been replying to these emails and, like, you know, engaging, and we just really appreciate it. So thank you so much, and thank you also. Yeah. You know, we didn't talk about many of them here, but we've had a lot of love and a lot of good comments. Alyssa and I did not expect this podcast to uh, gain any traction. We thought we were going to have three listeners from the beginning to the end. So uh, we really appreciate um, that that uh, uh, somehow, even though we have no fucking clue how to promote our podcast. We did no promotion um, whatsoever. We have somehow ended up here. So thank you so much to everybody. Yeah, thanks for listening um, to us. All right. So we're going to jump into the last section of the pod where we are going to <clears throat> talk about uh, kind of how we would have worked uh, fixed, yeah. uh, you know, however, the final season. So, yeah. Alyssa, would you like to take away uh, what how you would have filled in the gaps? Season four. 
Yes, we are back after a short recess. <laughs> because my laptop died. Because we've been Aww. talking for an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah, it was a um, while. It was a while, but it was it was cool. We saw that uh, Billie Eilish and Hayley Williams did a show together at Coachella. And yes. it was very good. I just have come back from my meltdown about it all, yes. which is fantastic. You were, you were having a little meltdown there. All right. So, Alyssa... Would you like to share your gaps, how you would fill in the gaps? Okay, well, to be honest, I have only filled in one gap. Well, <laughs> because, go for it, girl. I'm sure because, it's better than like, season four. This is the biggest gap, and we all know the gap that I'm thinking of. There, yes. was, there was no reason for this gap. There was no reason why the audience had to fill in the gap themselves. But, uh, no, this is my... Um, uh, this is my you know, canon, my head canon of what I think happened. Uh, I really struggled with it though. And I will say that um, because, you know, the season as a whole doesn't make sense. And so even with my little filling in the gaps here, it still leaves a whole host of other problems Yes, and it does not address the finale. However, it, I think it at least explains maybe what could have happened between Eve and Villanelle at the very start of season four. So, Obviously, we're at the bridge scene. Mm -hmm. Season 3 finale. Eve and Villanelle have turned back to each other. In that tiny moment, they've acknowledged that they can't walk away from each other. (laughs) That's why the next scene being the fish tank scene, the next scene of them together, it's so jarring because the vibe has totally changed. And thanks a lot again, Laura. There had to be something that happened to make Eve so angry and Villanelle so desperate to change. And the viewer is left to figure it out for themselves, what it is. And side note, if this was my work, I'd never be able to leave it in there, as it is. Because when you critically analyse your own work, you go, why is there a gap? And you (laughs) fill it in yourself. (laughs) Because no one, no writer, wants someone to pick apart their work. So I don't know how this happened in 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 a major TV show. But anyway, um... Yes, so you describe the gap and you fill it in, you don't leave it empty. Anyway, so my headcanon is that after the moment on the bridge, what I think happened or should have happened is similar to the episode, sorry, to the season two finale. Yes. So I think Villanelle gets ahead of herself in that moment where she sees Eve look back. It took her so much courage to turn back and see if Eve had stopped too. And of course, by the time she looks, Eve has already turned. So she's emboldened by this. And so now this is my re- uh, this is my headcanon of what I think happened. She decides to walk back. Maybe she grabs Eve's hand. <gasps> there's a moment where Eve looks at her, and like the season two finale, there's clearly a disconnect between the two of them. I think Villanelle gets Eve in 99% of circumstances, but in the 1% yes. that she doesn't get Eve, yes. there's grave consequences. <laughs> And so I think clearly from season three finale, Eve wants to make it stop. She wants Villanelle's help. She wants to start. She's starting to go down that path where her monster is rising and dark Eve is rising. And she wants Villanelle's help, not for her, but in the grand scheme of things. She wants to kill the 12. This is a shoddy attempt at some dialogue, which took me about five minutes. (laughs) Bearing in mind, this is all still on the bridge. (laughs) <laughs> oh yes do the accents do the no, accents do the <laughs> okay e- okay Eve we need to bring down the 12 Eve that's not possible 
It is if you help me. If we do it together. <laughs> is that what I am to you? A means to an end? Eve says nothing. Eve, this is our chance to leave it all behind. So we just... What? <gasps> run, oh. run off together? That's it? Kenny and Bill are dead? And my husband got a pitchfork to the neck? <laughs> Where's the justice in that? There is no justice. I can't just leave. I've lost everything. Not everything. Eve scoffs. I told you before. We'd consume each other if we got old. Can't we try? This is your world. Help me. I told you, I don't want to do it anymore, Eve. Oh. I want my life to mean something. Oh. If you won't help me, then I guess we walk away. For good. She turns on her heel and storms away. And this time, she doesn't look back. Wow. Anyway. And so in that took me like five minutes. I think a scene like that makes more sense thinking about season four as a whole. Yes. It sets the viewer up to not be confused as to why Eve is so angry in episode one and why she's on a, micro a motorcycle. I was going to say a microwave. Why? <laughs> <laughs> why she's on a motorcycle in episode one. Deep into her revenge plot. It ties into the finale too. That's why. <laughs> Sorry, I have oh this thing. I, I honestly don't know if it's a problem with my brain. I like pick words that are similar and I mix them up constantly. Oh my god, I'm crying. Okay, yeah. Anyway, so yes, it ties into the finale too. That's why Bill and Elle look so resigned and so haunted in the scene after killing the 12 because she's been dragged back in when she never wanted to be. She, know, she knows Eve's revenge plan will lead to her death. And it's also a reference to what Carolyn says at the end of series three. You can't destroy the 12. That's it. Well done, That's Alyssa. That was better than what Laura Neal wrote. In the fourth, <laughs> in the fourth no, season. Honestly, no, honestly, like if I, when I was, I was like, I think if I'd spent literally more than 10 minutes doing that, I could have made it better. But like, the thing is, it's just so hard because like when I was trying to write this, I was literally like, I can't even make sense of it though. Because yeah. They, they had to have something that was, like, so, like... Something that happened. So catasclimic... What is that word? <laughs> catasclimic? No. Uh, cat, oh, now my brain can't do yeah, it because I've got no, the jumbles. It, it had to have been something so massive. Cataclysmic? Cataclysmic. Yeah. Okay. It had to be something so cataclysmic that it forces Villanelle into the church. Mm. And, it, and, and Eve is probably fucking mad. Yeah. Like... So, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it makes a lot more sense. Because, yeah, the bat, the, the, I mean, everyone wants to know why the fuck we, why, like, we still have no answers as to why they were angry at each other. And it's just, like, but even, like, just you doing that just then made me realise, oh, sorry, I almost burped, made me realise that you could have achieved that in a five-minute five conversation. Literally. Like, a five-minute flashback. Than... Ridiculous. Yeah. Insanity. 
Fucking hell. Okay. Is it time for your um, dramatic retelling? Oh, well, yes. Well, it's not a dramatic retelling. This is what should have happened. Well, what I think I, what I, no, what I wanted to see in season four, but also because I am quite theatrical, I, I originally had a plan and I'm like, no, I'm going to make this really over the top. So don't take it too seriously. And I also did it in five minutes. So, um, okay. the, the chaos shall abound. I'm going to take a sip of my drink. Have a sip. Have a sip. Okay. We start at the bridge. I don't know what that voice is. I'm sorry. <clears throat> we start at the bridge and both have decided to walk away from one another. Until Villanelle takes Eve a week later. And they meet, <laughs> and they meet at Eve's Korean's auntie's house. So Eve has gone to stay with her. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. We so we're getting Eve's backstory. Yeah. At House of Palastri. Villanelle tells Eve at the house that she is being tracked down by the Twelve. But she has been given a hint that there is one leader within the Twelve that's calling the shots. So naturally, Villanelle says, I'm going to track down the leader and kill him. Villanelle asks Eve, though, to promise that she won't get involved. And Eve, being Eve, does not agree for ages, but then reluctantly agrees when she realises she has no choice. Eve lasts about a week because after a very insightful discussion with Martin, she comes to the conclusion that she needs to be with Villanelle. So Martin does the whole thing of, you need to be with the one that understands you, blah, 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 blah. I agree, that would have been so much better earlier in the season. Exactly. (laughs) And that leaves Eve with the only conclusion that she needs to find Villanelle, wherever she is. So she organises a dinner with Carolyn, because who else would know but Carolyn? And Carolyn tells her that Villanelle is in a safe house in Berlin. So Eve is like, okay. I'm going to go to Berlin. I'm going to tell Villanelle that we're going to do this together because I don't want to be apart. (laughs) Stupid. Uh, So she goes to Berlin, opens the safe house door, and sees that it's covered in blood. (gasps) No sign of Villanelle. And Eve is freaking the fuck out. She's like, Villanelle, Villanelle. We're checking all the dead bodies to make sure it's not Villanelle. They are all men, so it's fine. And then she tries calling Villanelle. Call, 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 down, down, down. And then when she gets... Call, 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 down, down, down. And then when she, she calls, she keeps going to voicemail. And she's like, Villanelle, where are you? Are you alive? What the fuck? So Eve leaves like five voicemails in panic until Eve notices a card sticking out from one of the body's pockets, which says, blah, blah, organisation. I did not come up with the name. <laughs> <laughs> blah blah organization. So Eve calls Constantine on the phone because that's how you call people. Yeah. <laughs> and Constantine, Constantine is like blah blah organization is where all the dwarves goons come from. The henchmen, they are tracking down Villanelle right now. And Eve is like, do you know where Villanelle? Wait, sorry, voice. Eve is like, do you know where Villanelle is? And Constantine's like, no, I'm on. Holiday in Mykonos. Mykonos. So she's like, oh, you know, okay. So she hangs up the phone, but then you see when 
Constantine hangs up the phone that he's not in Mykonos. He's in Paris in a safe house with Villanelle standing right beside him. I love how your um, accents are just getting more unhinged. And he says to Villanelle, he's like, Villanelle, you cannot keep it from Eve. She's going to track you down anyway. She cares too much. And Villanelle's like, but I must protect her, Constantine. I must. She will hurt herself. I cannot have Eve dying in my arms. And then he's like, okay, fine. You do what you want. So that night, Villanelle goes to bed and she has nightmares that Eve is tracking down the 12 all by herself. And she's like, no, I have to. Like, she thinks to herself, she's like, no, I have to let Eve know that I am okay. So she goes to a convenience store, picks up a phone and calls Eve on a private number and says, Eve, well, she says, <clears throat> Eve, I'm alive. And Eve is like, what? I've been looking for you. And then Villanelle is like, come to Paris. And she's like, okay. So then she gets on the train or the plane or wherever she is. because She's probably in London or Berlin. I don't know. Gets on the train or plane, wherever she is. Gets to the safe house in Paris. Opens the door. And this is where we fall into the moment we have all been waiting for. Boom. They have conversations. They have confessions of love. They are making love. And Eve says that she can't live without her. And Villanelle says the same. But then Villanelle stands up and starts pacing around the room. And they have a moment straight out of Twilight. Where Villanelle is like, (laughs) you killed Raymond. You stepped on Dasha's windpipe. And Eve is like, say it out loud. (laughs) (laughs) And then Villanelle says, you want to be an assassin. And then the doors burst open and a bunch of 12 goons barge in. For they have been bound. So they fight. They fight the 12's henchmen. Villanelle and Eve go on a killing spree until they are overcome. There are too many of them. So they jump out the window, scale the wall and land on the street. They start sprinting down the road. Sprint, 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 don't sprint. And then they are blocked by a fancy schmancy car and it's none other than Carolyn Martin. Carolyn steps out and she says, Ladies, you aren't the only ones who want to kill the 12 boys, is accent. Come with me, quickly. <laughs> so they jump in the car. And Carolyn has her own vendetta because of Kenny's death. Carolyn has organised their passports and they are flying to Canada because in the middle of a large <laughs> mountain house, in the middle of nowhere, lives the leader of the 12. So after many, many, a, many a moment, many a sapphic stress, they arrive in Canada. Villanelle is tasked to go undercover once they make it to the mountain house, but she is found out way too quickly. And a huge shootout takes place. Carolyn is shot dead. Even Villanelle seem to be <gasps> shot too. They fall into a nearby lake, but all of the henchmen think they are dead when they're actually alive and hiding under the pier. Oh, that's nice subverting. They stay there until everything dies down and everyone leaves. Later on, the leader of the 12 walks onto the pier to smoke a cigarette. And Villano retrieves a knife from her pocket, crawls onto the shore, comes up from behind him and slits his throat. He is dead. So Eve jumps out of the lake. They steal his car and they drive down the open road. And as the sun sets, Villanelle turns to Eve and says, where should we go? 
And Eve says, Alaska, fade to fucking black. <laughs> and we're done. We are done. Killing Eve like, is over. I like the touch to Alaska. <laughs> yes. They're, they're going to Alaska. They are alive. They are going in to Alaska. Alaska. You know what's so funny? In my little um, in my little fill the gap scene, I nearly put in a line to Alaska as well. <laughs> well, it's the only like future that they've talked about. I know. So this is where we are. Um, that was very good. That was that was also much better than what we've got from Yes. And well, I wish that had happened. Well, I mean, I don't think we'd ever actually get them to scale the wall, but you know. At least <laughs> They can, they can do it. Yeah, and like, you know, I'm sorry that Carolyn's shot dead, but I was like, you know, I was, I was, I'm bitter. So Carolyn's dead. I, I found it very funny how like you used like a lot of stuff that actually happened in season four and like subverted it. You were just like, fuck this <laughs> shit. <laughs> they never died. Well, you know, anyway, Villanelle's not dead. That was people. great. No, Villanelle is not She's dead. She's alive. She's alive in our hearts, she in is... our minds, in our souls, in everything. Um, and in our fan fiction yes absolutely and that is what we have done here essentially yes. i mean you know uh we maybe if we spent longer than five minutes we could deliver something that was more pretty but you know what <laughs> it doesn't matter because it's still better it's still than better what season four. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness gracious oh man goodness gracious thank you yes. to everyone for listening today, yes. I hope we'll, we'll, on that note we will leave. <laughs> we yes, will leave we the will podcast, leave. <laughs> but we will be back, I'm sure. Um, so that Alyssa and I are actually going to be jumping off and doing uh, a pop culture podcast. Uh, I think Stranger yeah. Things will be the next thing that we will be covering. We still haven't figured out how we're going to do it because it's not week to week, but it's something that we're considering doing for sure. Yes. We've had so much fun with making a podcast that we thought we would just do it all again. Yes. So for Stranger Things and potentially for others. We have we have that. not come up with a name. Uh, we will do that in time. No. But um, yeah. So but but with House of Palestry, we are going to stick around with House of Palestry still. Um, I'm sure that there are other yes. things that we will be doing in the near future. But we want to thank you. Yes. Yes, we do. It's been an absolute joy. Thank you so much for joining us. Yes. For being here with us. Thank you for listening to us. For listening to us, for sending your emails. They were all great. Yes. And we hope that you have a lovely rest of the the week. It's Sunday. Well, whenever you hear this, I hope that you have a lovely day and rest of the week. Yes. (laughs) Definitely. Me too. Have a lovely day. We have a long weekend here in Australia and it is great. Yes. We get to just do nothing do tomorrow. Nothing. All right. Bye, everyone. <laughs> bye. No, you know what? Wait, Francis, I just, um, I promised you that I was going to do a similar thing that Ooh. you did. Is that post credit scene again? Post-credit scene, yes. yes. So you did a great opener where you compared me to a bunch of things. So this is mine. Francis, you are the Lizzie to my Olsen. You yes. are the Alana Kennedy to my Matildas. Oh, beautiful. You are my Baby Spice to my <laughs> <laughs> And you are my um, impeccable film to Spice World. I don't know. That didn't work. But- <laughs>
Yes, I didn't hear. No, I, I, Spice I know World is a nitpicker like. film. I always know what you're trying to say, Alyssa. I always yes, know. I know. I know, oh, I know. Thank you so much. That, but yes, that anyway, so that has, is enough of our ramblings. But yes, we are still very sad over Killing Eve and we are still here for you if you want to chat to us. And we have really enjoyed receiving your letters and your tweets. Letters, and that's how we've received your letters. letters. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like a British scribe now. They've been, they've been sent to our houses. <laughs> yes, we've been getting them by pigeon mail. <laughs> Um, we've really enjoyed receiving your emails and um, it has helped our collective healing. Yes, absolutely. So thank you. And thank it you. has been a lot of fun to do this pod. Yes. Thank you, everyone. Yes. Thank you. And we hope to see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.